0: Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Well, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda. I am so happy to know that you joined us this week for another episode, whether it's your first time listening or if you've been a long time listener just know how grateful I am for your support and your attention. It's a privilege to be in your ears. So today is exciting because I am bringing you an interview with a very special person, my mother. My mom, Jane, has been a nurse for 43 years, and I thought it would be really interesting to interview her about her career, not just the clinical aspects and and the career stuff, but also how she handled the breadth of her career uh, as a working parent as well. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode, and I hope that you can pick up on the fun, loving dynamic that I have with my mom. And you know, she's probably the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and we'll kind of get into how that almost didn't happen because of some advice that she gave me when I was younger to not go into nursing. So without further ado, welcome to my mom, Jane Lamana. Hello, mommy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, daughter. How are you? Good. <laughs> Welcome to your inaugural podcast episode, right? Well, this is your you. first time on a podcast? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I'm sure you never yep. realized that this was going to be kind of a side effect of having a daughter with a podcast as I was, I would make you no. be on it.
1: <laughs> nope, not at all. But it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs>
0: So the reason why I'm having you as my guest today um, is mainly because you are a veteran nurse, and I would love to ask some questions about your nursing career so that sure. you can share with the fine listeners um, a little bit about yourself and, and some questions that I have about your career. So let's Great. start off. Can you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us what your role is right now? Okay. Uh, my name is Jane Lamana. And
1: I am a registered nurse, and currently I am working as a nurse navigator for the Kent Hospital Infusion Unit, uh, where I live in Warwick Rhode Island and that's oncology, right? It is oncology, yes, my I have we'll get into it, I'm sure, but I have uh, quite a few years of oncology experience, and working a navigator role was uh, kind of a natural transition from from one place to another.
0: so I went to kind of give more of a timeline of your experience, because I think, I think you have almost, you have more than 35 years of nursing experience, right? Because you were already a nurse when I was born. 43, 43. Okay. 43. Yeah. So, um, take us back 43 years ago and and give yeah. us kind of a bird's eye timeline of your career, where it started and bring us up until today.
1: Okay. So I am one of the unusual people that went to four-year baccalaureate college right out of high school. I discerned probably in my later years of high school that I wanted to be a nurse. So the natural progression for me was to go from high school to college, four-year baccalaureate nursing school. From there, uh, when I graduated in 1978, took my boards past them, and began work at the Veterans Administration Hospital in my city, which proved to be a, 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 an exceptionally good learning experience. We always called it the baptism by fire. I worked on a general surgical floor with some specialties in vascular and urology. And I had a wonderful, wonderful nurse manager who was called a head nurse in those days, just so that you know. And uh, she became a mentor to me um, and we worked very well together. I learned a tremendous amount from her. But after about nine years or so, in the long meanwhile, I had married, bought a house and decided to start a family, which resulted in you. So after you were born, right after you were born, actually, I made the decision to transition to the local community hospital, which is actually about three miles from where I live. I started working there on a general medical surgical floor on the evening shift because, uh, as I have told numerous people over all the years, nursing is such a wonderful profession uh, for uh, you being able to live your life. It's it's easier to raise a family when you have a nursing career that um, you can have a job that's the second shift or the third shift Um, Nowadays, I know know, 12-hour shifts are popular. Those were the horror back in those days. But (laughs) uh, anyway, so I uh, went to the local hospital. I worked there on the evening shift for several years. And then when I wanted to transition to a day shift job, actually, when you got into school, I found that I could work some hours on my local unit but then work extra hours with the infusion service the infusion unit so i was able to supplement my income like full time without full time benefits and i had the experience from working you know on on my medical unit so that's actually how i got into working in infusion and then the long career in infusion that transitioned to the navigation position 2 years ago
0: and Just to clarify, if anyone doesn't know what infusion means, give us a little bit more context about what that role entailed. Like what were you doing day in and day out in your infusion role?
1: So infusion is a day unit, opens in the morning, closes in the afternoon. Um, We do outpatient treatments for a variety of, for many illnesses actually, not the least of which is cancer treatment, chemotherapy. Over the past couple decades, um, most chemotherapy uh, treatments have transitioned to outpatient care. Some treatments are done while patient is hospitalized, but the vast majority is the patient that comes in and out on a daily basis or weekly basis for their chemotherapy. So we did chemotherapy treatments, blood transfusions, because blood transfusion patients for chronic anemia really don't need to be hospitalized or inpatient. Mm -hmm. Antibiotics, treatments for um, MS, lots of the monoclonal antibodies, which came about in my career time. So this
0: was a per diem job for you. Yeah, exactly. You eventually transitioned to full-time. Yes, exactly. And was it your first foray into the oncology world or had at this point you were already working on the oncology floor? Is that correct? So, in yeah, very interestingly, the
1: the med-surg unit that I was working on, um, there was a exceptionally good surgeon who worked at the hospital and he pushed to have one of the units dedicated to oncology. He saw the future of, you know, things coming down the road. And he thought it would really be a good idea to have a unit dedicated for just oncology treatments. So it was chosen that the unit I worked on was going to be the oncology unit. So, you know, a bunch of us took it to heart, did some education, went to everything we could go to and uh, joined up with the Oncology Nursing Society, which has a very good curriculum to follow. Several of us eventually became OCN certified, a certification that I maintain to this day, and that's like 30 years in. So I had the oncology experience and some of the chemotherapy experience. So when the per diem situation came up in the infusion unit, the uh, head nurse, (laughs) nurse manager there was happy to take me on. I I thought I had learned a lot working on the inpatient unit. I learned so much more working on the outpatient side.
0: Yeah. And if I remember correctly, that role, you also occasionally got to be the IV nurse for the hospital. You're right. Like you're absolutely right. The infusion department um, also ran
1: the IV service in the hospital. So um, when you came in uh, during the day, the manager would decide, okay, you're going to work what we've called inside or outside. Inside would be in the infusion unit, outside would be take the basket and you would take all the calls for the bad IV starts in the hospital. Hmm. So, you know, it kind of it honed my it honed my technical skills a, a tremendous amount being able to do that side of it.
0: Right. And so tell me a little bit about kind of more recently when you transitioned into the navigator role was that kind of like a very planned conscious decision or when did you know that it was time to make that shift?
1: Interesting. Um, Probably in the year, I want to say 2001, I went full-time working for infusion. Position came up and I actually left the inpatient side of the hospital and went full-time to the outpatient um, infusion area. And I worked there for 17, 18 years, just doing treatments. We worked four 10-hour shifts. We had three days off a week. It was, it was great. Honestly, uh, I kind of found my niche in that situation. But over the years, uh, you know, I am, I am an aging nurse, what they call a mature nurse. And probably two, three years ago, you start to think about things like, I wonder how much longer I'm going to be able to keep up this pace. It's a very fast paced, uh, keeping patients on a schedule. Uh, you get exceptionally good at time management. You can handle working, you know, four to five patients at a time, which is an infusion. That's a lot. So the thoughts, the thoughts going through my head were, how much longer am I going to be able to do this and work at this level? Do I have enough stamina for this to take me into my retirement? So working as a navigator actually was never really on my radar. I knew about the role. We had a couple of nurses who had done the job, but I never really totally understood what it entailed. However, my manager thought that if we if we actually were in charge of the unit or what they called resource nurse for the day, you actually did a lot of the navigation. The principles of navigation actually figured into your daily job. So I had I had regularly taken charge of the infusion unit like one week a month. So I had a lot of experience doing that. So about two years ago, two and a half years ago now, the uh, navigation job became available, and it was kind of weird. Like in the middle of the night, I woke up and it, the thought in my head was, Jane, this is your job. This is your job. So I started to investigate it a little more and wanted to talk to my manager about it. So I asked for a meeting with her. We sat down and I said, tell me about this navigation job. And she gave me a little bit of a rundown. It is five days a week. It's an eight hour day instead of a 10 hour day. She gave me a brief overview of the types of things that a navigator does. And I actually sold myself to her on the job in that informational, like, interview. I had said to her, Joanne, this is is a great way for me to utilize all of the knowledge I have gained over the past 18 years. And I'm working in the same place for the same people, with the same people, just in a different role. So at the end of that little conversation we had, she looked at me and she said, uh, I think you better reply for this. And I did. Mom, um, who
0: helped you with your resume? I have to well, know. Well, <laughs>
1: actually, actually, I needed a resume. When you work in one job for 18 years and you know that you're really not going anywhere, uh, you don't really think about a resume. So I put out a call to, <laughs> to my daughter, who happens to be the CEO of the Resume Rx. Little, <laughs> little plug there. She did a beautiful job you did a beautiful resume for me. I, I looked at it and I said, oh my God, you made me look so good. And you said to me, mom, you did the work. I just polished it up for you. Yeah. That's, that's so. kind of the name of
0: the game. You were yeah. already, you, yeah. you already had that job in the bag yeah. and it was, really, it was really fun for me to see you make that <laughs> transition, you know, because yeah. it, was, it was a big deal for you. It was, um, it was a big deal for me.
1: And I have to say, you know, sometimes we look back on things and we say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that or I should have done this or I should have done that. I honestly, you know, moved into the role what I consider so easily with very little stress. There is a learning curve. And two years later, I am still on it. It was a um, never look back position for me.
0: Yeah. Is it safe to say that you didn't necessarily have a clear vision? Like when you started as a nurse, what your entire career arc would look like? Like, did
1: Absolutely. you did you have a plan? Nope. had no plan whatsoever. Perhaps that was common, you know, 43 years ago, you worked as a nurse, you got a job, you decided what hospital you wanted to work in. And if you had a good situation, it was good. If you didn't like it, you moved to another unit. Back in that day, you know, we tended to stay with the same organization. And the big jump for me was when I left the Veterans Administration and I went to the local community hospital. But again, it was a no-look-back type of situation. But I really didn't have an affinity for any particular branch of nursing or specialty. When oncology came along, you know, several of us... You know, team members that worked together, we said, well, all right, we can and we will do this. So to say I fell into it is really not a misstatement. I actually did. I fell into oncology and I have stayed with it all these years because I have found it to be such a rewarding specialty. Yeah. Um, And there's so many different ways you can do it.
0: Yeah. I hope that that's encouraging for other people to hear because that really is the beauty of, of nursing, whether you're a registered nurse or an advanced practice nurse, or, you know, a practical nurse, if you're not happy where you are more often than not, you can try something else on. And, yeah. and that's really how, how you did it, how you made your transition. You know, you were working, you know, on a hospital unit, you picked up something per diem mainly I to, did. you know, supplement, right. income, supplement right? the income. Right but it was also an opportunity for you to explore a different setting you know outpatient versus inpatient and then it kind of buffered that transition you know it showed exactly. you okay what exactly let me compare these two things what do what's better what's going to best serve me long term and then that's how you eventually made that your full time thing
1: something very interesting is when you work as an inpatient nurse floating is usually uh, not optional. You usually have to float. It's just the way things are in hospitals, and I and I have to assume that nowadays it's a lot more common. However, I, I always looked at a float experience as it was a a day of discomfort when you went to a unit that wasn't your own. You worked with people that you perhaps only know knew in passing. But if you worked on a unit that was, say, you went from med a med surge unit to the cardiac floor, or to the emergency room for a day or, or those things. I always looked at it as, well, let me take this opportunity to see if this is something that I think I might like to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I knew from the get-go, cardiac was not, I think it's a fabulous branch of nursing, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an orthopedic floor and those girls were fabulous at what they did, but I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. So the float experience, I kind of looked at it as not something positive, but let it be a learning experience for me to see if this is something that I might like to explore because you maybe could find, if you're not happy where you are, you might be able to find another specialty right in the same facility that you work in.
0: Yeah. Hello, this episode of Nurse Becoming is brought to you by the inaugural NP Society Virtual Conference. You may know that I founded the NP Society earlier in 2021 as a place for nurse practitioners to learn and come together in community and support one another beyond the clinical setting. And I'm very excited that we're putting on our first virtual conference. So this is happening in October, on October 15th and 16th. It's a live virtual conference. And yes, there will be replays available. So if you can't attend live, I still want you to listen in. This is going to be, I'm just really super excited. This is the first time I've done anything like this. And I'll tell you, we have six amazing guest speakers who are presenting on different topics. Yes, this conference has been submitted for approval for continuing education credits through AANP, which is awesome. Everyone needs CE credits, right? And the best part is you don't have to be an NP Society member to attend the conference. We of course would love you to be a member of the NP Society, but it's okay if you're not. I will say that if you are though, you'll be invited to the members only exclusive social event on Friday night with a very special guest known as Katie Duke. So you will be given the opportunity when you sign up for the conference to also sign up for the NP Society if you're not already a member. So I really hope that you will check out the conference page, check out the topics, see if this is something that you would like to attend. You know how I do things. This is not your mama's professional conference and I really, really hope to see you there. So go ahead to the show notes of this episode. You'll see the link there. Or if you're listening and you want something that's easy to remember, you can go to conference, and I'll make sure that all the information is there for you to learn more and register once registration is open. Again, the NP Society virtual conference is happening Friday, October 15th. And Saturday, October 16th, we are submitted for up to seven hours of continuing education credits through American Academy of Nurse Practitioners. And I really hope that we will see you there. Okay, Head to the ResumeRx.com slash conference for all the information. I have to know, what would you say is the biggest innovation uh, over the span of your nursing <laughs> career. What what do you think? What I'm you sure it's number one.
1: I'm sure I'm sure I'm gonna make everybody laugh when I say computers. When I started working at the Veterans Hospital in my later years, so I was there for nine years. In my later years, so probably year seven or eight, they installed a computer at the desk. Um, and then they had a couple of other computers that they installed, you know, for nursing use. Um, so, so back in my day, when I started out, we had no computers. Everything was done. Charting was all done by hand. Your MAR was exactly that, an MAR, not, not an EMAR. It was an MAR. And, um, yeah, so computers I have to, I have to say, I know I sound like I'm a dinosaur. No, No,
0: it's funny because, you know, in, in comparison, right. I've been a nurse for 11 years Mm -hmm. and when I was in school, my, I remember my first year when I was, you know, doing my clinicals, we were still in a hospital where the flow charts were all done by hand and there are still outpatient practices. They're fewer and farther between, but there are still places that are doing, you know, pen and paper soap notes and and charting and stuff. So even I feel like I've gotten to witness the big transition to you know computer charting being the minority to it being the majority.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm actually glad that it came about at the point that it did because if I were at the age and stage that I'm at now and computers were just coming into fashion, I hesitate to say I don't know how well I would do, but I grew up in nursing with the computer It's the way I like to look at it, that it came about early enough in my career that I just accepted and, and moved through. I think it also helped that, um, you know, in our household,
0: we always had a computer. Right. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't foreign. (laughs) It wasn't foreign. Nope. Nope. Wasn't foreign. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your experience as a working mom. I think that, you know, it's important important for us to have this discussion, especially, you know, the fact we are both, we are both parents and now we've both had perspectives of what it means to be a working parent, especially a working parent in nursing. So I know, I remember that you worked, when you worked that evening shift job, when I was, you know, elementary school age and younger, um, I think I remember that being a part-time job for you. It was. So what did that look like?
1: So I worked second shift up until you were going into second grade. Okay. I would have liked to have um, transitioned when you were in first grade, but again, I had to wait for a position to become available. So um, I worked 24 hour a week. So 48 hour pay period position. One night of which, one evening of which I should say was on the weekend. So I was out of the house from three o'clock on two afternoons per week other than the weekend. So um, I needed to have a, a childcare situation just two days a week. When you were much younger, I was most fortunate to have a really good daycare preschool, actually on the way to the hospital, which was where you started off as, you know, daycare, and then you did, you know, your, your preschool couple of couple of years there. So I needed a situation from, I would put you in at like one o'clock in the afternoon and your dad would pick you up when he got out of work, about, probably about 4.30, 5 o'clock. So that was that. two afternoons a week that I needed to have a situation for you where you were cared for and looked after. The weekends was not usually a problem because your dad was able to Either adjust his schedule, or you had a most willing grandmother. Yes, guess <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> your, your dad's mom, your dad's mom, was most willing for you to come and stay with her. So that's basically that's how I managed to do that. And curiously, um, when I transitioned to the day shift, which was when you were about second grade. It it was not usually a problem. Mornings and afternoons were, were not a problem. You were occupied in school for the whole day and I would be home very shortly after you would go to a friend's house um, and I would pick you up from there. The summers were a little difficult because there was no school. So I found a good day camp for you. And that's when I started working with Infusion because I could work an extra day or two a week. I would pay for the day camp. I was happy. You were happy. The whole family was happy. (laughs) (laughs) It was a win-win. It was a win-win. It certainly was. It just, and I thought, I can remember thinking, how lucky are you, Jane, that you've been able to make this work? Not working for me was not an option. I always had to work. So it just always worked out well
0: for me. I was, I was very grateful. Did you feel that, that setup of your schedule, that part-time, like, did you feel good balance between working and, and parenthood, you know, the best you could, or did you, yeah. was there anything you struggled with? No, actually the only thing
1: was your summer care. And I figured that out by just working an extra day or two a week with infusion, which led to my, my later career, so it was a good transition but i i never really felt uh, too much of a struggle with it i just knowing that i had to work figuring that you know the 3 days a week provided you know a good um, a good income and the balance of you know i was still able to take you to school you know in the mornings or be part of the be part of the neighborhood mommies Mm -hmm. That, you know, I think is when you're a young family, I think that's tremendously important.
0: After you had me, like when you returned from maternity leave, Mm -hmm. did you start part-time right away or did you have a period of full-time and say, this isn't working and you shifted or you already had decided that? No, I had already decided that because
1: I was working the day shift at the Veterans Hospital, I had decided that I would come back. I couldn't come back full time days because I didn't have a childcare situation. Knowing that second shift afforded a pay differential, I figured, well, I can make up a little bit of the loss of income by working a second shift. So I had, when I returned from maternity leave, you were about four months old. I went back to working at the Veterans Hospital part time evenings, um, but I really only stayed for about nine months after that. And then I moved to the community hospital. And again, it was the three-night-a-week second shift. It did not pay what I was making at the Veterans Hospital. Um, I actually did take a, a cut in pay to, to have the convenience of being close to home. Uh, but it, it all worked out in the end. I worked one extra day a pay period, and that kind of made up for the difference.
0: Do you remember what your first hourly salary was?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know that I could... Calculated out, but I remember the first year that I worked, I probably made seventy eight hundred dollars. I think 7800 $7, dollars for the whole year. I, for the whole for the whole year, but again, I started at half a year. I started like in I started as soon as I got out of school. So I graduated school in May. I started in June. So what's that? Seven months. But I do remember when I went to work at the community hospital, my pay was. an hour. $12 in change an hour. Wow.
0: Yeah. You've come a long way. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) I have. I have. And you know what? I I think nursing has come a long way as well. I think, you know, hopefully, you know, you're living in an area that, you know, has kept pace with, you know, the cost of living as I have found myself, uh, you know, a single person in my later years now. Um, I am, have been able to live comfortably with just my salary. But again, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years into the profession, so.
0: <laughs> so I'm sure you remember that when I applied to nursing school, the first mm-hmm. sentence of my oh, essay yes. was a quote from you. <laughs>
1: which I will never forget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a quote from you, which said, Amanda, you can be anything you want when you grow up, except for a nurse. And so I, of course, in that my- essay, you know, I went to basically say why you were wrong. <laughs> um, no, but I, in in all seriousness, I want to know, you know, can you share a little bit more about why you had that sentiment for yeah. me? This is my chance for
1: redemption. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First and foremost, I have to say that you as a student were exceptionally bright. You know, we had a, program, you know, in our city that, you know, students who were the more capable students got, got extra enrichment type of education. And it's probably not a secret. You were, you know, at the very top of your uh, high school class. So I knew that you had a really good brain. You're very smart. And knowing that the doors open, if you work hard, which you always did, the doors open for you that you can make anything happen in your life, right, as far as, you know, education and career. So I think perhaps my motivation for that statement was that over the years, I worked so hard, really. Inpatient nursing, I I have the utmost respect for anybody who's been an inpatient nurse for the majority of their career it's very tiring work. And now it's busier than ever, busier than ever. I worked so hard for so many years, I would come home really tired. And, you know, sometimes if I worked a long stretch, it would take me a bit to recover. You know, I heard you say on your podcast about working night shift and how, you know, you kind of lost a day trying to get your sleep back and such. So knowing that, you know, I worked so hard, I wanted you know you always want things easier for your children, so that was my uh, motivation for saying that anything but a nurse because knowing that you had the brain to do anything you wanted and and would succeed at it, you know I didn't want to see you work as hard as I worked, yeah, so that's that's that
0: well, well thank you for the thank you for the um the redemption and you know Don't i think thank you for the redemption <laughs> <laughs> you know i think i i always i always knew that that's where you were where you yeah. were coming from and um and i have a different perspective now like as a mom myself knowing i mean we always we want nothing but the best for yeah. for our kids and right. we kind of want to protect them from all hardship and struggle Right. Um, you know, whether that's in their best interest or not, you know, maybe, right. maybe I think they we, are good because they have, we, because we have hardship and struggle, like maybe yeah. arguably that's what makes us better and more successful.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that. I think we always, I think, you know, I have always felt that we have to do at least what was done for us growing up and try to do a little bit better try to do a little bit better. You don't have to, but I think, you know, if you were treated in a certain fashion and educated in a certain way, you know, growing up, you want to leave a better version of yourself, so to speak. So. Well, speaking of
0: kids, mine have started to (laughs) bang down the door. I hear them. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess this is a a good time for us to wrap up. Um, Thank you, mom, for having this conversation that we haven't you know that we've I, we've talked about bits and pieces over the years, but it was right. nice to be able to really memorialize your entire career with yeah. uh, with this interview. So
1: love you, love you
0: too. Bye. Bye. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.